AD. Yo. Have you ever watched film on a teammate, like who you were competing against regularly? Well, of course, they're on the same film that you're on. Hmm. Think about it. Interesting. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, Joey Bosa had some comments. A lot of guys spoke. So uh, we'll get into Kendrick Bourne. Um, he sent out a tweet that kind of uh, got a lot of people's attention. Uh, we'll talk about some Trent Williams as well. He had his introductory press conference. Joey Bosa was one of a handful of players who met met the media uh, so we'll get into all of that. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. And um, quarantine style once again. But, E.D., the half birthdays don't stop, my man. They do Yo, oh, not stop. Well, how can they if you keep going half? <laughs> they're they're going to constantly come around. <laughs> t- t- today is mom's half birthday, so uh, we're um, wifey sent her some flowers, and and we're gonna go over there later on, drop off some food. Uh, uh, well, so, man, uh, how, now how can I hate on moms? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, see, you're not that, even right I, with I that. I know, I'm not fighting fair. I I understand that wholeheartedly, and it's not even that I I'm so such a proponent for half birthdays but it's so funny getting your reaction about these half birthdays i i can't i can't help my wife has to remind me of my half birthday so but I they mean, don't that's count. but it's they, not a thing but it's a celebration ed and, and uh, well i mean if you want a reason to have a party you can just say it's thursday <laughs> come on it, i mean it's the same difference half birthday thursday tuesday it's the same thing it's thursday <laughs> You're making it up. <laughs> well, today's Wednesday. It's post Cinco de Mayo. Um, oh, is it? Today's yeah, Wednesday. It is. It is. Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> quarantine. Got. I. I tell you, I went through. I think it was Thursday last week. I went through the whole day, just thoroughly confused, thinking that it was Friday, and then it wasn't until later that night. I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, what, like the weekend's not here. So, yeah. So that happened. Um, question for you, Ed. Okay. Are, are you? Do you subscribe to the method of under promise and over deliver, or over promise and under deliver? Well, I mean, you always want to over deliver. I, I mean, that's it because over promising. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure uh, because at the end of the day, you can't give what you ain't got. It's really that simple. Very true. And. and and that's that's how I always looked at it. And I, even when I played, I I knew when a coach was setting me up for failure. And there's just something like you know I can't I can't give you what you what I got. I you can't ask me to do something that I just physically can't do. And, you know when I was 175 pounds and you're telling me to take on a guard and, and you know in that a gap, I coach I'm I, I'll do it, but I'm gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> you know so there's no reason for me to just act, huff and puff and boast like I can. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Steve Weiss came on here and said you, 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 uh, you took on big, almost four bills, uh, Larry Allen from the Cowboys back in the day, and you more yeah, than like more, more than held your own there. It's interesting. We we kind of see the, the the same way on this. Just just from your answer in terms of under promising over deliver. It's interesting. I thought about that because we got a tweet, and okay. with, with the tweet comes. I don't want to say controversy, but uh, it's going to turn some heads. It's going to raise some eyebrows. Kendrick Bourne, who's been a topic on this pod uh, more than one occasion, tweeted out, uh, mm-hmm. was it the end of last week? Maybe it was over the weekend. Tweeted out, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think about that, ED? I don't have a problem with that. You don't? No, I never had a problem with that. See, I, that doesn't fall into my um, over. That doesn't fall into over. That doesn't fall into um, the over, over, over promising and under delivery. What is what is what is he supposed to say? What what? I mean, you're dealing with a professional athlete that's putting all of his heart and and time into bettering himself to achieve the ultimate goal. He's doing everything he possibly can. And that's all you can do as a player is do everything you possibly can to do what I always told myself every year I trained. And my thought was to be the best player on the best unit on the best team in the league. That was it. So if I do that, you end with a championship. And then that's that's the mindset that you have to have. So him, I don't have a problem with anybody saying anything like that because at the end of the day, he still they still have to play the games. You still have to perform. You still got to catch the ones that come to you. If he hadn't said anything, what 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 is his mindset to win a championship? Right, right. So right. so why does he got to put it? Why does he got to put it on wax? Hey, well, it doesn't matter if he put it on wax or not. I get what you're saying. So if okay, so. If, if Kendrick Bourne does not say that, is a target on Kendrick Bourne and every other member of the 49ers starting next season? Oh, well, yes or no? That brings up another one of my points. This, this is a team, a very young team at that, going at this thing 2020. Granted, if there is football in the 2020 season, um, as the hunted not the hunters. So yeah, okay. that that target is much larger than it was in 2019, where they shocked some folks and you know started out the season seven and all, ended up making it to to the first week of February. Got it. But does that but does that target disappear? Does it dissipate? Does it lessen if this comment isn't made? No, they don't sneak up on anyone. You just you were the Super Bowl runner up. Everyone views you as a team that has an opportunity to win a championship. You get no easy games. Those days are over. They're over. So whether he says this or not, that, that this is this is why I don't have a problem with him saying this is what we're after. You know why? Whether we said it or not, that's what we did every single year. The plan was to win a championship. Reporters didn't even talk to us about whether or not we could make the playoffs. They didn't talk about whether or not there was going to be a hangover from what last year. It was what needs to be done to win a championship this year. That's understood. Everybody. The, so, so that's what I'm saying. It's understood that they're trying to win a championship. The, sta- the standard team. is the standard. And we've talked about this. But you you played on some great teams, right? Did did guess did what? that did that happen? Where, where, was there, guess, I, well, and guess, I'm asking because I literally do not remember. What Was there a but, guarantee? Well, I, I know there was there was no guarantee because there was no need for a guarantee because, first of all, um, you know, one thing we used to always do was act like we had been there because we had all been there. All those guys had already been there when I got to the team. Remember, I was one of the babies. I, I, I was drafted by a team that was already good. So now this team is just getting good, and this is one of those things that they will learn. Kendrick Bourne, young player. First time in this situation where he's in the NFL and wow, I am on a good team. It's a stacked team. And yes, we were good last year and the goal is to be better next year. And you know, the pieces are in place. You don't have to talk about it. The, the, the target's there. Every the, the tweet he sent out, if he had not sent it, guess what? Everybody already knew. So he's thinking out loud and he put it on wax. It's no need. 
So did did we do that? No, there was no reason to do it. There was no need to do it. There's no need for him to do it. But you started out saying, do I have a problem with it? No, because it doesn't change. It does not change, you know, days in quarantine <laughs> because he said it. it. It doesn't change a thing. It's an is. Every, everyone is going to come at the Niners full speed trying to see if they can do what they did last year. You're, they're going to try you and you just got to punch them in the face again. That's football when you're good. So how, how would you have reacted? had one of your teammates did that in the off season how how, how would what would have would have what would have been the reaction well run that back what would have been the reaction <laughs> I was gonna, your, your english teacher was going to be upset very very be. very upset <laughs> um what would have been the reaction of that teammate walking into that locker room once you guys all reconvened for training camp back it up all right Okay. Okay. All right. it's, it's really that simple, KB. Hey, KB, what back, you got? Back show it up. Me. Back it that's, up. That's, it's, it's really that simple, KB. Show me. You know. Okay. KB dropped the ball at practice. I, I would. I'm telling you, I would have been one of the guys like KB. Okay. That that is not a Super Bowl catch right there, KB. <laughs> KB KB blows. KB misses an assignment at practice. He doesn't pick up a route. KB, you messing with my Super Bowl money? That's, that's all. That's, it's one of those things where guys are just going to joke about it if it comes. But it's not that big a deal. Everybody's out there working. So, KB, show me. Show me what you got. Yeah, I, Show me what you got. I, and, when he, and if he's out there balling, I'm going to be like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, hear, I hear you. I, the, the reason why this, this bothers me, and it's not that I, I don't think that he should have confidence or be confident or, or that the team shouldn't be confident for that reason. I think that – and I think you kind of spoke to it too as well. Like there was that inner confidence. Everybody in that building knew, right? But you guys didn't necessarily have to put it on wax. And 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 it's not just because KB's saying it. And and it, it's it's all the time when I hear, regardless of the sport, if I if I hear it in the NBA, if I hear it in baseball, whatever it is, the, the guarantee. It just it it bothers me just because I feel like it's unnecessary, right? It's it's uh, it's just it's I, I, unnecessary. Like why like why do that? Because you say that. And then it not only affects you, but it also affects all the rest of the guys in that locker room as well. Because then, like, either they're going to have to answer questions about it, or they're going to be faced with it, or or there, there's something that that's going to be happening that they're going to have to deal with as well. And then it, it. it causes all this undue, undue necess, undue attention on you for going after a goal which you were already going after anyway. Okay, so did KB? So this see, this is the thing. It's it's amazing how things can be perceived what added pressure did he put on the team that wasn't already put on the team by george kittle saying that this was going to be this legendary whoop-ass tour in 2020 he's already said that they're about to whoop everybody's ass he didn't say anything that kb didn't say it's so that's what I'm saying. It's amazing perception. This is a young team. My squads didn't do it because, like I said, yeah, act like you, well, guys used to say, act like you've been there. Like they had been. all been there. I was one of the few guys that hadn't been there. They had all been there. These guys haven't been there and they are hunting and they want something. They're like, we have to have it and we're hungry and we damn sure we are going to get it. So so think about it. What's different? And please tell me, I, I've got to shut up right after this. KB's tweet what's the difference in that and george kittle 
making the statement that he made? What's the difference? I, I don't think there is a difference. But okay. going to Kittle, I, I don't know that that was necessarily necessary either. Like that, that I, I somehow along the way, I must have missed that one. I, I, I did, did not because obviously we would talked about it right here on the pod. But but, but I mean, um, all the guys have been to Kittle's done it. Um, I think Quan's done it. All these guys are talking about this legendary kick ass tour that's about to happen. This the, the revenge tour. That's what they're calling it. The revenge tour. I don't know what you can revenge, you know, because last season has nothing to do with next season. Yeah, it truly doesn't. But and they'll find that out. But th- th- what's the difference? What's the, th- that's my thing. All the guys have already been saying that. It's just funny because you heard the G word in it, <laughs> and when you hear the G word, then it's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They better back that up. Wait a minute. Well, w- well, when you when you yeah, wait a minute when when. When Kittle says, and all the rest of the guys who've been posting it, when they say that this revenge tour is about to be legendary and talking about whooping everybody's ass, then you're pretty much saying you better back that up too, because I, I, I can I'm I'm I would almost guarantee there's the G word that there are guys on these other teams that follow them on their social media and they've seen it and they're like, oh, you're talking about me. <laughs> you're talking you're talking about whooping me twice a year you're talking about taking my ring you're talking about taking my championship okay let's see so th- that's what that's why i'm saying stuff like that i've never been one to to worry about that happening i've never been one to worry about a teammate doing doing it um it's just show me because guys talk all the time and my question to those guys is always who are you trying to convince me or yourself. When guys talk a whole lot, you know, the guys that flip their mouth and talk all the time, who you trying to convince? Just do it. Yeah. Show because you gotta show me either way. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with that aspect of it as well. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. Um obviously we're in quarantine and uh you know some some states are beginning to uh to, to lift some of their stay at home policies. Us mm-hmm. here in California um, they're getting maybe a little bit more lenient coming up this week. I think a couple, a couple stores and things are going to open, but for the most part, we're still in quarantine season, but that's all right, ED, because while we're waiting this thing out at home, you know, we can still have some fun at betonline.ag. I like it. Yeah, there's no NBA, no NHL, no MLB. Um, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But but Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And of course, sports aren't totally done. You got the MB2K series going on. You got a bunch of folks uh, playing the Madden tournaments. All kind of esports are available for you to play. Uh, American Idol, uh, Big Brother, the elections, and also Bet Online has their $750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. Bet Online, your online wagering experts they updated my copy ed there's no spelling bee in there they didn't cancel the spelling bee ed I, I, I'm, I'm checking that out i'm checking oh, that out man but, and i was i was really gonna put some money on you too <laughs> you know i was trying to bring it although home. although i did i i did hear you just destroying you know the english language you know, the, the english language <laughs> yeah, earlier yeah, so. that happened that happened these yeah. are facts facts only <laughs> um uh, trent williams uh the 
big acquisition of the offseason. Um, mm-hmm. he, he had his introductory press conference, albeit virtually, uh, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, I know we talked about the incident when he and Sherm. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in just a little bit. But first, one thing about what he said as he met the media for the first time, the San Francisco media, was – um, and this stuck out to me, and we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but I think we can dive into it a little bit more. Um, he says, I was drafted to be in this offense. Shanahan, of course, was in Washington when, when Williams was drafted, and so there's that rapport uh, that they have there with one another, and he's geeked to be reunited uh, with Kyle Shanahan and, and to be back in this offense. But he says, I mm-hmm. was drafted to be in this offense. He he knows this offense like the back of his hand, and he knows how it fits. They said He said it fit like a hand in glove. Um, how much of an advantage is that for him, especially when you think about um, – you know the offensive line and and and, and playing playing that position, especially playing his position, the left tackle, where you got to you got to protect uh, your your big time investment back there at quarterback. But with with all with the OTAs basically being virtually nowadays, and 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 not really being able to get on the field, and not knowing when you're going to be able to get on the field, for him to step into a situation that uh, apparently for him he feels is going to be so seamless. How much of of an advantage is this uh, for that offensive line for for these Niners? really with this big-time acquisition? That, well, it's huge. It's huge because, as you said, the, the muscle memory is already there. Um, it, it's, embedded, it, it's embedded in his brain because uh, that's what you do. You train the brain. You just move the body. So you train the brain. So as far as forgetting, and I'll, you've heard me say this before, it's, the difficult part is not learning a new playbook. It's forgetting the old one. Yeah. Well, well, guess what? He, it's already in his head. He doesn't even have he never to forget forgot the, it. <laughs> yeah, he never forgot it. So the playbook that 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 used to always crack me up when when people would ask me like, did they take your your playbook? And guys would go talk about playbooks and and um, stealing playbooks and everything. And I'm like, I, I mean, the playbooks in my head. Yeah. Every every team I ever played for, every defense I ever played in, the playbooks in my head. I can sit down and write them out. Uh, so, so that's that's you just know what applies and what doesn't apply because there's only so much to football and and but once you learn the playbook, it's it's not like you you forget it; it's still there, and it takes very little to get back. But it's it's the muscle memory, the movement, the things that you have to do based on those particular plays because the angles and and you know the weight distribution, all those things can be different. He has that; that's a huge advantage, not just for Trent Williams. That's a huge advantage for the offense because you expected a certain level of play from your left tackle. You need a certain level of play from your left tackle. Um, there are plays designed where you want that guy out front doing certain things, moving in space, taking care of guys on multiple levels, and all of those things that you expect as the as, as Kyle, this is what he knows, as he has grown his offense and added more and more, you don't have to go back and teach this guy at that important position. He's already got it. And it's going to you, you. So you don't you don't you just pick up where you left off with Staley. That's that's really what you do. Yeah. And that is huge. Yeah. And, and Joe Staley wasn't drafted to be in this offense. Right. No, um, no, not and, at all. And, and although he, he did an excellent job and, and he's kind of been a cornerstone uh, of, the, of the franchise of the offensive line. Uh, you know, during during his illustrious career, 
Uh, I know the faithful probably don't want to hear this, but dare I say they upgraded at that position? With, with well, I already said it. I already said it, and I and I mean, and I the, faith, the faithful and I we have this understanding. I tell you guys all the time. I have to, I have no choice. I have to um, scout with my head, not my heart. Now I said this, and I and I said it. You know, much respect. I sent out a tweet to Joe, um, and there are a few, very few guys when they retired that I do, but I was like, Joe, I, I just said it, much respect, you know, proud of what you did. We're all proud of what you did in the colors. And, and that, that's, that's the thing. And I, I know that that elusive championship didn't, you know, didn't get to his hands, but this dude did everything he possibly could. Now, with that being said, I said it, I said it before I'll say it again. Trent Williams is better. He's better than, he's better than Joe Staley. And, and and Joe Joe is going to get Hall of Fame consideration. He he played the game like like that like a Hall of Fame, and we'll see how that all. I don't have a vote, he, but I see if I did, I'd vote for him. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But you know, you say dare I say? I mean, I'll just say Trent Williams is a better tackle. He's a better tackle than um, than Staley, and that's saying a lot. It's saying a lot because Staley was very good at his position for a long time, among the best in the league at his position for a very long time. But you bring in a guy like Trent Williams who, um, you know, as he mentioned, he he was tailor-made for this offense, but he's had uh, such a great career uh, in his own right. But I think this – I think this even adds to the lore of Joe Staley, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, like, I'm going to retire, but I'm going to upgrade you at my position. Like, like how many guys, like how many guys really, really do that? You know, like, it's, it's, it's funny. And the 49ers have had that. It's like, not that it was an upgrade, but you go from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go from and 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 really, you go from passing the torch torch from Jerry Rice to T.O. Mm-hmm. Now you're passing it from Joe Staley to Trent Williams. Amazing! It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. That's, that that really is pretty incredible when you look at it that way. You look at it that way. I mean, I can look at it. You know, it was a little. It was what a couple years in there, but really, from Ronnie Lott to Tim McDonald, you've had some opportunities where I mean, you really, really sustained an amazingly high level of play at certain positions for a very, very long time. And Trent Williams is coming in fresh. And I know we talked about this last week in terms of him maybe having to knock off the rust. Um, but he said, and this was, and, and I, I thought about you because you talk, you, you talk a lot about how football players have their routine, right? They're so accustomed mm-hmm. to whatever the day is on the calendar. They're used to be doing whatever it is they're used to be doing during that time, during, during that season of the year. And he said he, he took off, you know, all of that time last year, missed that year. He said it was the first time since second grade he had been off from playing football. Like, that's more than two straight decades of playing football. Um, I and, believe it. And, I believe it. And, and so he, he feels like he's as, as, as fresh uh, as he's ever been. You know, d- despite being 31 years of age, he, he feels like he's gotten uh, – he, he he's gotten a little bit of, of that mojo back, and he says it's the first time really he that he's worked out and, and hasn't necessarily felt any pain or or, or any discomfort, discomfort or you know nicks or knacks here or there. Um, so he 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 seems to be ready to go, and and that's gotta that that's gotta put a huge smile on on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's face. Well, definitely because you're getting a, getting a player, and that is something that I was talking about when it first came down. Everyone was like, you know, if he's healthy. You know, he's hurt. I was like, he he didn't play last year because he wasn't because he was injured. He he didn't play because he wanted out. Wanted out. 
And he was like, I, you know, it, the things that went down, he no longer trusted the organization because in his mind, they showed him that they didn't care about him as a man, as a human. They didn't care about his health. And they kept information away from him that he thought not affected him as a football player and wasn't a football decision, but was a was a human being and, and correct treatment. Um, decision and he felt that he had been mistreated and he wanted out of the organization by any means necessary so and, and look what you said he spent an entire year where he plays a position that is you know a car crash on every single play yes. damn near and he got an opportunity for his body to heal and that's the thing that people don't realize is like you play Every single year you play this game, you beat yourself up, then you start training again to beat yourself up again. And you never, ever stop hurting you early in your career. You start doing it and then you reach a point. And I can remember, you know, in the league in those first couple of years, you'll play. And then, you know, maybe a month after the season, by the, by the end of February, you hit March, you're feeling better. And then it got to a point to where that went on to the end of March and then sometimes in April. And then it got to a point later in my career by, by year seven or eight, um, you know, you, you really, as soon as after the first practice of training camp, you were sore and you were going to continue to be sore. And that was going to last up until the next training camp. It was just, it's just levels. Of, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that you, you, pain's a relative term. So it's a question of how bad do you hurt? And you get accustomed to certain things just never going, certain aches and pains never go away. And because you don't get a chance to not bang, not do certain things, and you always need a little bit more time. And this guy had an entire year. He had an entire year to not run into anyone. And for that big guy at that position, I mean, that's going to that's gonna be huge. And – it's not like he was doing that at 38, 39, where you're worrying about a drop off. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah. he's he's still playing. He's still at that level. He he's still physically in that age range where th that drop off is not about to hit him. He's not on that cliff. He can so still I'm, play. I'm excited. Yeah. He can still yeah, play. He can still play. And he can still play at at a very at a very high level. And, and yeah, because of that, uh, it. It allows him to come in and, and allows Kyle really to be as creative as he wants to be uh, with the offense from the get go. Because there's there there's no there, there's no there's he he's already ready. You know what I mean? Like he he know yeah. he know he knows the playbook. You know he he doesn't have to kind of ease him into it or whatnot. Like Trent Trent said, he's he's ready to go uh, full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what it does for Kyle because now see understand it, it doesn't give Kyle free range to go out and just do all kind of craziness because remember he's got rookies that he's bringing in. You you drafted running backs. You 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 got a rookie rookie wide receiver. You have a rookie wookie a wookie. That's a in Star Wars, right? You have a rookie wide receiver. You sound like me. I, I know, really, <laughs> really. That's it's, it. It's quarantine. It rubs quarantine. off on I, It rubs off on First, I thought it was Thursday. Now I'm wookie people. But, um, <laughs> but you, so you, you have a rookie in that, that you have to bring along. But as far as your run game, as far as the expectations of what you have to do for that tackle, you, I don't think you have to waste time wondering if your tackle gets it. Yeah. Your offensive line, you can really look at your offensive line as being intact, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So that which which is huge when you can just build everything else around that, knowing that your your run game coordinator can do whatever he wants to do with these guys because they all get it. that's huge. Yeah, I um, I I was talking to a buddy of mine right when the trade went down. Uh, shout out to Eric and the DMV, but Eric with the K, not a C like you, my man. So, but he so he, he spells it wrong. He uh, <laughs> that's okay. He, that's okay. I mean, some people make mistakes. So I just said Wookie. <laughs> He 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 asked me about the trade and and I thought I mean for one I thought it was a steal and and I thought that you know they got over on Washington, um, but in terms of Trent Williams the player I mean I I, I knew of him obviously I, I knew he was one of the best players in the league at that position but in all honesty hadn't seen a lot of him right hadn't seen him play a lot mm-hmm. um, don't watch a lot of Washington football to be perfectly honest with you I don't think I don't, I don't think anybody outside of the DMV has over the last. Uh, you know, few years or so. Uh, small. I've seen small every. Job. I've seen. I've seen every snap of every game, for the for, ever. So see, that's 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 why you're ED, man. That's 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 why you're ED. I, um, I just I just like football. I mean, some yeah. people like video games. I like real football. You like real football. Um, yeah, I don't like it. You know. But you turn, but I've, then he comes to the Niners, and you start to see all this stuff going on going on on social media. Um, like video of his workouts, and then there's video of his game film that's circulating. Like this dude is next level. Like this dude is in. He he's more than a great talent. Like he he is phenomenal. Just in, from an agility standpoint, mm-hmm. um, from a speed standpoint. And you're looking up some stuff. Uh, I, I I saw something he ran like a four eight or something at the combine. But then you look at some of the plays. Like he's getting down the field 10 20 yards blocking for people and moving at a fast pace and 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 I feel sorry for some of those guys out there on the perimeter um that that got you got big number 71 in your face and, and at, mm-hmm. at this point like now like you got to make a business decision right like am I, you ain't lying <laughs> like like this this locomotive is coming my way like do I really want to contend with this guy to try to make this tackle um or 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 what and and just watching just some of the clips that I've been able to see that that's been circulating, like the, for that guy to be that big and move that fast, um, like on, on, on runs, uh, on, on wide receiver screens, um, just, just getting down the field so quickly, uh, with that body. It's, 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 it's different, it's, right? It's different. It's incredible, yeah. man. It, yeah. is. it goes beyond. Yeah. It's one, it's one of those, which is why, um, like I say, much love to Joe, but but this is actually an upgrade at the position. Yeah, he uh, be, because, as you just said, he he really is different. He it's it's like being out there, and it's that Larry Allen thing. When you look at a man, it's like, how can this dude be this big, this quick, this strong, um, agile, uh, and you know, just able to change directions, and all. it's like you know, a guy well over you know 300 pounds should not be able to move that way. Yeah, you're just simply not supposed to be able to move. It's one thing, okay, this guy can get out and he can get to the next level and move in space, but 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 a, a corner is supposed to be able to avoid this guy. You know, yeah. safety yeah. is supposed to you know it's supposed to be able to juke this guy every now and then, and you see him just tossing guys. And Guy McIntyre used to be that way. I remember I used to always flash on Guy at, at practice, and Guy <laughs> Edie would always come. He was like, "You know, you know why I make the Pro Bowl every year?" <laughs> and he'd always tell me at practice. He was like, "Rolling little MF corners like you." <laughs> <laughs> 
He used to sit in the practice all the time. I'm like, Edie, I would knock you out right there. Because, you know, we weren't really hitting that practice. Like, Edie, I'd knock you out. And Edie looked at me and was like, okay. He's like, you do realize that's why I go to the Pro Bowl every year. <laughs> Little corners like you, thinking they can do that. Because <laughs> oh, you couldn't man. avoid him. And that's that's Williams. I mean, just athletic. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just next level. So it's, it's going to be a good thing. Nim- it's it's nim- really going to be a good thing. Athletic, nimble. Like, there, there's video of him working out. Like like now, like this off season, like he's jumping, like from a yeah, from a from, crazy, a from right? a base, right? Like from a base, like not like a running start, but like from a base, two from a two foot base, jumping over hurdles, like jumping onto, um, you know, large pads. Um, it's it, like some of it is crazy. I'm like, what? Like I don't even know, you know, some skill position guys that can do that stuff. And and Joey Bosa, um, said. The, the guy moves like a wide receiver and, uh-huh. and and he does if you if if you if you watch him on tape um you you certainly see that he does um we we talked about the 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 incident he and Richard Sherman had in the playoffs yeah. you know, some years back um and and Trent addressed that one as well and it, it's it's been kind of a hidden secret right a deep dark secret he said uh he and Sherman actually talked that night after that game um so uh, and they've been really cool ever since, and and, and they've they've kind of you know they they speak to one another, and you know they kind of seek out one know. another. For which a, which like, was yeah, which was expected because like I said, the guys have been to all the Pro Bowls together, and and sit around the pool, and you do all that stuff. Because the thing about the Pro Bowl that you got to understand, the Pro Bowl is great. Do making the Pro Bowl, but you you make the Pro Bowl, it's a great honor. You're an All Star, okay? You know, so we get that. You get there. You're hanging around, and and the cool thing about it is that you're there all week, and it's just your peers. It's just a bunch of damn dudes around that everyone respects everyone for the way. It's not even like they're going to question whether or not you can play the game. You know what I'm saying? Because look, you're you're here with them, yeah. so you belong. Uh, so it's not a question whether or not you belong. So you're just sitting around, and it, and it's a cool week. So all you you get to know guys in a different light from just the competition on Sundays and Monday nights. So that's the part of it that that's cool about it. So you're going to talk to one another. You're going to do things. Um, you know, eventually you're going to try to figure out what room they're in so you can get them because a rookie, you know rookie always falls for that one. Yeah. Um, where you're gonna, you're gonna, like, man, I got something in your room. I'm gonna stop by your room. What's your room number? And then everybody at the pool finds everything to your room. Um, so that's gonna happen to somebody. Um, <laughs> it always does. <laughs> Junior say I was a master of that. Oh God. But yeah, but you talk. You hang out. So something had to happen. You knew it was going to be a conversation. I didn't realize it had happened that fast. Yeah. But, you know, guys guys don't take things on the field that serious. If you, it's rare that you – it's rare that it doesn't get squashed because they're just so few. You got to realize 2,000 guys on planet Earth play the game. It's a very you know small, what I mean? It's a very small it's, fraternity. It's, it's it's a small fraternity. And I mean, you know, there are 10,000 guys that are vested in the history of the 100 years. There, there are 10,000 guys that can say that they are vested um, NFL players. So it, it's not, it's a very small fraternity. So you're going to, you're going to see a guy and you're going to talk to him. So good. Cause that means they're just going to get back out there and do their thing. And, and that's good. They'll be all in. Still plenty to get to on this pod. Uh, also, make sure you follow us on social media 
at R Haylock on Twitter, at R Haylock. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on the old Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. And he's at underscore bump and run on Instagram. Uh, we're going to talk Joey Bosa. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, about the position the Niners now find themselves in. We know the team, right? We, we, we know the guys that are, that are going to be playing in 2020. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the position they find themselves in uh, heading into the 2020 season as well. Also, leadership. There's a void in that area. Or is it? We'll talk about that too coming up on the other side of the break. But first, this from our sponsors. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Okay, E.D. So, uh, Joey Bosa was Mm -hmm. uh, one of a handful of guys that spoke to the media last week. Travis Benjamin uh, was another guy as well. We talked about Trent Williams a little bit earlier. I asked you at the start of this pod, did you ever watch film on a guy you competed uh, against in practice regularly? Uh, and, yeah, I, and, you, and, I, and I was assuming you meant same position group. No, a different position group. Like, like why for you to be wide receiver? Well, of course, yes, of course, because because you that's who you're evaluating what your play on. Everyone does that because think about it. So for for my, my practices, the breakdown is going to be what I did based on the guy that I'm covering. So of course I'm going to watch it. I'm always watching it. Yeah, I, I asked you that. I found it very interesting because uh, Joey Bosa mentioned um, he was asked about if he's if he started watching film on other tackles around the league since they know all the teams they're going to be playing. The schedule doesn't get released until Thursday, um, but the schedule is just a matter of dates, right? They already know the teams that are on their schedule for the 2020 season. So he was asked, um, you know, if he's if he's been able to watch film or if he, if he started watching film. Uh, on some of the tackles he's going to be going up against uh, next season. He said, yeah. He also said he's watched film on Trent Williams. <laughs> and Trent, obviously, the new acquisition of the 49ers and someone he's going to go up against constantly in practice uh, day in and day out, you know, once once they, once they get back and going uh, up there in Santa Clara. Uh, what does that say about Joey Bosa, that, he, that he's already looking up film on Trent Williams? In addition to all uh, the other guys on, on, on the Niners schedule next season. Uh, well, I mean, that's the high-end guy. So you want to see how he does things. And you want to break down what's happening in those situations, what's good, what's bad, especially a guy you haven't played against. So you have to look at it. It'd be one thing if they had gone into camp or if this is an acquisition that you've gone against. Um, it, to me, it's just that the guy's being a pro. That, that's, that's what you want. You're a Niners fan. That's what you like. That that's what's a that's what a pro is supposed to do. You know you know what Joey Bosa's uh, Nick Bosa's and Joey's, but you know what Nick Bosa's job is. That is or Nick to, Bosa. I've been saying Joey Bosa this whole time. Yeah, Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah, same dude. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's um it's it, that that's why it doesn't even matter if you say one of the other. Same dude. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but, but Nick Bosa's Nick Bosa's job is to hunt quarterbacks that's his job it's not a hobby 
It's not it's not seasonal. 24 seven, 365. His job is to improve on his ability to get to the quarterback, to beat that guy in front of him. That's what he that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be working on his craft, looking at the guy, seeing what, you know, correcting the mistakes that he made. So I, I like it. Dude's being a pro. I wouldn't expect anything else from him looking at the pedigree that he comes from. They, you know, this this guy understands and that and he's only going to get better. Um, he's trying to maximize his potential. He, he's being a pro that that's so that does not surprise me. Players eventually get there for a guy in year two to be that way. That lets like I said, that lets you know a lot about his pedigree. He, he has an amazing advantage on the mental aspect of being a professional football player because that's just it. It's not college. It's not, okay, season's over, we chill, and then we're going to have our spring drills and the coaches are going to tell us what to do. No, no, no. Uh-uh. That's, you are the – he is the CEO of Nick Bosa Incorporated. That that's that's one of the things I learned very early. You are the CEO of your corporation. Decide how much you want your stock to to be worth. Decide the stock value. It's completely up to you. Yeah, I I I agree with with what you just said. And for me, it, it I, I took a different approach. I kind of looked at this one through a different lens, so to speak. Okay. And to me, it says that I mean, this guy is so hungry. And so competitive that once that first day of training camp starts, obviously they're not going to be in the OTAs, but once that first day of training camp starts, like he, he wants to know so much about Trent Williams that he's able to have some success and, 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 want, and wants, has a mindset of wanting to dominate Trent Williams every single rep in practice. Like that's that's – how far like his competitive nature goes like it's not just good enough to to want to destroy the guy opposite you on Sundays or Mondays or the occasional Thursdays but when we get to practice dude I, I want to what am I going up against I want to oh, you're one of the best I, I want to prove that I'm one of the best as well and, and I don't want to have to to take this wait and see approach where we enter training camp and because you're one of the best in the league, you're just dominating me and, I, and, and I'm going to be uh, reactive instead of proactive, but I'm going to be proactive about this thing and I'm going to go in there and I want to compete so hard and win so bad that I'm looking at the guy who I'm going to be going up against, taking reps against in practice every single day that I, I, I want to get across him so that he knows that I'm serious about this, but I, I want yeah. to dominate him. Um, well, it, it, well, let, let, let me take, let me just tell you something. That's normal. So, so that's that's the thing I was tell, telling you about. That, that's that right there is normal. The thing when we started off with Born and that comment and what was going on, I was say it's it's just a it's a matter of perception, and and how it is. And that's what I'm saying. What what Nick is doing, he's just, he's just giving you some insight on what it is to be a pro. That that's what it is. That's that's what it is to be a pro. Every day at practice, I'm trying to win. I'm, I'm trying to win. I am not trying to let anyone catch a ball. I'm, tr- I'm trying to win every route, every play, every day. You know why? Because one day we may not be teammates. Yeah. We may not be teammates. And I don't want you walking around thinking you can get me. And then guess what? And that's the thing about it. And everyone thinks that everyone on the team is all kumbaya. And it's very difficult. 
I love, I love these guys on, on, on their guys on my offense. I love, and we went through so much together, but you, you only get so close to them. The relationship is not the relationship with the wide receivers, with JT, with Jerry, with Mike Sherrod, with Brent Jones and Jamie Williams, the guys that were the receivers over there, Ricky Waters, Roger. I can think of the guys that I played with. I can go to other teams and they other guys, the offensive guys, the relationship. And even with that being Steve and Joe, it only gets so close because the only way you have a good day is for me to have a bad one. Yeah. I'm not having that. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to allow you to have good days. So the competition that when you have good teams, you have good units, dude, it's fierce. It's I tell I tell everybody some of the most intensive some of the most intensive reps I ever had in my career were on Thursdays when they let first team go first team O go against first team D, and we weren't in pads we weren't anything we because we didn't have to take you to the ground to to make a play, I don't have to tackle you to to do my job, and so and and offensively it's the same thing you know you can make your plays you can do all these things up but it but it was like okay let's see. That, that that was the one time we got to show you this is not controlled. This is this is me against you. Yeah, yeah. So y'all the number one offense in the league. Let's see. Let's see. That's that's the mindset. Yeah. And, so, and it has to so, be yeah. that way, right? Like it, 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 yes, that's what I'm saying. He's he is being a pro. I guarantee you there are others that way, but he just lets you into the mind of a true pro. I mean, that's it. It's like, and, and you said it, he's, when, when you threw it out there, did you ever watch film on your teammates? What was my immediate response? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. I, for me, and, and <laughs> I, for me, and I think it's, it's what you said. Cause I, I know you know, having, having our discussions on, on this pod, I know you're someone who watched a lot of film, right? And, and that was a huge part of the, of the success that you guys had as a unit. You, you talked about, you know, Tim and, and and him him grabbing you and and you guys watching stuff and and not just watching stuff but knowing what to watch and how to watch it right and and that that took that took a little bit of time and for him to be a second year guy to mm-hmm. kind of to the point that that you made earlier I think I find that even like if he was if he was a vet if he if he was somebody that had you know four five six seven you know eight years in the game um. I don't know that it would have been as alarming before a second year guy, you know, coming off, you know, the campaign that he had a season ago. Uh, I think I found that I found that to be immensely impressive. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's that pedigree, man. He, he, yeah. he family it, business, right? We talk about he, it all the time. Yeah. He's been he knows what it means to be a professional football player. And, you, and you're right. He has gotten to that level. And that's the thing. Everyone comes into the league talented. You've, you've heard me say everybody's good. Yeah. It's about being consistent. So how do I consistently do my job? How do I consistently put myself in position to win? And that's what that, this dude is doing. And he's not taking it for granted that I'm going to wait until preseason games and doing all this stuff. He's like. Guess what? Day one, I want to be in position to start working, especially when I know I, I got this guy. <laughs> yeah. I got this guy. I got one of the. I got one of the best in the league. And, you know, it's like lined up against Jerry and JT. I got. I got two of the best that this game has to offer. There's no way 
that putting in work on these guys, studying these guys, prepping yourself to compete with this level at this level is going to be a bad thing. So that's that's what I like. So um, I'm not as impressed as you are. I kind of expected it because, as I said, the the pedigree. I even said him coming in last year. I expected him to play well because when everyone was like rookie wall and all this stuff, I'm like, some of that's going to hit because he just hadn't been there. But I expected him to come in and play well because he took a year off and trained like an NFL player. Yeah. Well, yeah because he, he, because did. Just, he knew how to do it. He knew how to train. I was like, that's, that's an amazing thing. I wouldn't be surprised if you started seeing a lot of other guys start doing this, but I guess that's an amazing thing. He, because he knew, all I got, all he had to do was just pick up his phone and, and you know, and his family list, you know, it's his sin. And, and, you know, like, okay, what, okay. So what do we do this week to, to prep for week for training camp? So I, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm not shocked that he's doing that. It's, it's what I do like is that these guys are saying and showing as you get more involved, because now in this Twitter Twitter world, everyone is trying to get involved in everything you do. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that with us, but it's nice to see that that mindset is there. Like this is this is what we're trying to do. I'm not happy with what I did. I'm working on getting better. Getting better. Yeah. yeah. Um. And this is Nick Bosa we're talking about. I just want to make sure I got all my my Bosa squared away. Um, <laughs> the leadership. Where is we talk about John Lynch all the time, and, and we talk about how he, you know, he's 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 been GMing his ass off, and and how he's been able to, you know, finagle the roster. Um, he got rid of Defoe, but he, you know, he drafts a Ken Law. He he's got some guys on, you know, some uh, got some guys on their rookie deals still. Um, so you know, he's got got some flexibility, you know, when it comes to you know when it's time for those long long term contracts to to be had, and and in the likes of a George Kittle or maybe even a Trent Williams now who's just entered the equation. Um, but where so many young guys, right? Where's where's the leadership? Um, I'm going to come from, and it, you, you lost two two big time leaders this off season, uh, and Joe Staley, and, and then also in Defoe, you know, with with, with his trade to the Colts. Um, is it? And, and, and this is something Bosa talked about. He he says he feels like uh, himself, Debo, Dre Greenlaw, these, these all second year guys. Uh, he feels he feels as if these guys can step up and, and be capable leaders um, that this team is going to need uh, twenty twenty season and going forward as a as a as second year guys are are they are, are they equipped I know they played a lot last season but are are they equipped to be able to take on such a task? Um. Well, that depends. It depends on the need. Remember, everybody who came, every every guy on an NFL roster was the dude at some point, right? Very true. Every every guy, be it be it Pop Warner, be it high school, be it college, every guy on the roster was the dude. So now, whether or not, and there are a lot of different ways to lead, um, because leadership is it, it, again that's that's about doing. That's not about talking. That's about doing. Um, it's, you know, some guys can be vocal and talk and say things. Some guys can come in like B.Y. and never say a word, 
baby boy just beat up everybody in front of him. So when he decided to say something, we listen. You know, you know, three months later when he finally opens his mouth, you're you're like, okay, like hold up, hold up, baby boy's talking, and and you listen to what it is he has to say, um, because he's shown you that that with his with his level of play, he's shown you that he understands what's at stake and he knows how to perform at that level. So can these young guys come in and do it? Uh, yes. Um, if necessary, because uh, as me in my second year, third year in the league, I, 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 I had Ronnie Lott. I had Jerry Rice. I had Joe Montana. I didn't have to say anything as things, as I got older, it, it's, it's a, it's a progression. Those things and you get more vocal when it's necessary based on the circumstances when you know by the time i'm leaving even though i didn't i said more in situations um but i still had the tim mcdonald's and all these guys on the team i get to carolina i'm more of a vocal guy there because you know i'm first of all i'm 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 in my seventh year now and you're talking to younger guys that need to understand and you're trying to establish that standard. So it's so those it, it's a progression based on need. So can can these guys be leaders? The the better question is can they continue to perform and increase their level of play? If so, you're already leaders. You don't have to you don't have to talk to lead you don't have to talk a lot everyone thinks that you have to be the guy you have to be the guy in the middle of the huddle breaking everyone down to be the leader that's not necessarily true it's it's if you're the guy that's balling out and you're working at a certain level and you are raising the tide to that level guys will follow it's, it's, it's that simple they're guys and, and some guys just aren't vocal and you don't need it. You know, I, I played I played with some guys that never, ever, 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 like outcast, ever, ever said a word, but would ball out every Sunday. That was just not their thing. They were they were not going to give you some speech. They were not going to give you, you know, you give you that rah rah and come in and kick stuff and do all this stuff. They were going to sit down, stay quiet. And then when you call their number, they were going to ball out. And guess what? We all considered them leaders because we knew we can count on what they were going to do. You knew that they were going that they played at a level that was at the standard or above. So. So, yeah, yes, you, you don't you don't have to have it, it. Everybody talks about that. You don't have to have a grizzled veteran team with gray beards to say that we have leaders. Because you, I mean, seriously, you yeah. can be on, you can have, because, because if that's the case, let me just put it this way. Um, is Goodwin considered a leader on that team? He's got a lot of years in. Uh, he, he may have been, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. I don't, I don't know that he was necessarily a leader in that room. He, he could have been, it's quite possible. <laughs> and, and see, and see that, and, and, and this is the thing that I'm saying, we're, we're looking at it. Because if if it's just age, the answer to that question would have been yes. Yeah. So that if so that so that's age. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So see, see, so that's my point. That's that's the case in point. When you say, "Can you be a leader in year two? Well, I mean, do well, vets, if do vets listen to young guys? Vets listen. Vets listen to 
vets listen to production. Players listen to production. Young players, old players. I I can be I I can be, and I had this discussion with guys when I was late later in my career, and I and I would tell. I remember when I went to when I went to um when I went to the Lions when I was with the Lions. Marty Morningwig, former um, Niner coach there, he was the head coach up there. I went there. Matt Millen was my teammate. He was a president. Matt asked me to come in help get some guys ready. I literally spent more time with the coaches than I did. Um, practicing and, and doing stuff like that because it was like get some young players ready his exact words to me were e i need you to come up here and teach some of these young guys how to be pros so i'm coming in i'm, I'm working i'm doing my thing and and it was like it was almost like an understanding like i i don't i'm not playing right <laughs> yeah yeah week one week one they got me in the starting lineup and i'm looking at matt like really <laughs> really okay but 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 the cut to the most important part of it it was about, you know, you start losing games and everything, so they just want to throw all the young guys out there. Cool. I'm completely cool with that. So I'm – so you take me off the field, and then Marty was like, hey, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I told him, I said, that's over. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, Marty, I, I said, it's, I said, I don't play. I said, so since I'm not playing, I said, it's one thing when you have me on the field – and if I had never gone on the field, it's one thing because it's almost like you brought me in and guys know like they just kind of brought him in as an assistant coach. You put me on the field. You take me off the field. Now, the young guys aren't going to listen to me because I can't show them. Yeah. If I'm just telling them if, – if I'm not a coach saying this is how it needs to be done, they don't want to listen because if you know all of these things, why aren't you playing? So that's the thing about it. So show me production. So if I'm a young player and I'm making plays, you're going to listen. If I'm an older player, you're making plays, you're going to listen. Tyrone Poole texted me, and he was a corner when I went to um, Carolina. Actually, he's the, he's the second most athletic player I was ever around, second to Dion. He's a, he, this dude was just crazy, crazy athletic. Um, but Tyrone Poole text me to to um kind of you know solidify this little point i'm making he he texted me and he was talking about some things that i taught him that he watched me do he watched me play and there were some things that he saw me do and talk about and he finally started to see how it made sense because of the way i was doing and showing him and he saw the success success i was having he says to this day he teaches the young guys that he worth, works with those things that I taught him because that's how much it was validated by me actually having success. So that's what I mean. When, a, when, when they see you do it, you will listen. If you are a veteran guy, I can give you, and I think I told you the story about Pat Terrell where he always, he was joking that he went to the big Notre Dame, Notre Dame and I couldn't, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't play there. And at the end, and he was always constantly trying to joke and, you know, because I was the big free agent signing there. And it was always like, you, you know, it was one of those things that that we'll get into on another show about how even guys in your room don't aren't always all in on you because they care about their careers. Your backup can only be so happy for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because they want to be on the field. But at the end of the day, this this is a veteran thing. So at the end of the year. I make the Pro Bowl. He's looking at me and he's saying, you know what? I, like, 
this this is the first time I ever like I see the guys over there and it's always some hate here and there and he shouldn't have made it and all that stuff. He was like, This is the first time I've actually watched the guy. He said, I watched you practice, I watched you train, I watched you watch film, I watched you break things down. He said, I watched you help guys work things out. He said, I saw how you dealt with things when it was tough, when things were going well. He said, I saw you grind every single day and you deserve it. He was like, I now I get it. I, there's another level I have to get to. And he was like, respect on that. So that's the veteran thing. So will a veteran listen to a guy? Yes, if if he sees results. Football, it's a very simple – pro football is a very simple sport. It, it really is. It's just – it's result-oriented. It really is. If, if, if what you do – because there are a lot of different systems, there are a lot of different ways, a lot of different techniques, but if what you do works – then people will be like, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> if I, if I see, I see success, I can tell you it's going to work, but if I've never seen it done, it's always going to be like, why can't I do it my way? So it's, it's hard to convince someone that their way is wrong when they haven't seen yours done correctly. So it's like, like why listen to you? So, so that's the thing about it. So the young guys coming to the Niners, if, if they continue to grow, because talking just because I played doesn't make me a leader. Just because I'm first team doesn't make me a leader. That, that's not the that's not the way the game works. So so you know hopefully I, I know I said a lot, but hopefully I answered that what, question. What, what about from like an adversity standpoint though? Because you, you look at and I'm talking about these second year guys partic- in particular. Um, you know the role. I don't want to say it was easy last year, um, but. You know, they, they win 13 games, right? They go 13-3. and three, They got a first-round bye. You know, w- what if the regular season isn't as smooth, right? These guys haven't really mm-hmm. done – they haven't really dealt with too much that wasn't necessarily smooth. Granted, on the defense side of the ball, they dealt with some injuries and they had to withstand, uh, you know, that little bit of of a stretch there. But, you know, like if, if, if you lose, say, one, two, three in a row, like or, or how what, what do these guys have to, to – to go back to to call upon you know in a situation like that where they can kind of rally you know everybody together to get over that bump in the road uh each other um that, that's that's all you have do cmb cmb we all, we, all got. we got yeah that's it you know you know that that's it that's that's all you have you're not you're there you can't go to last year you can't go to anything other than your resolve to work, to grind, to get through the things just like you did the, the previous year. Um, there were adverse moments in last season. There were adverse moments. I mean, you, you deal with injuries. You deal with guys being benched. You deal with you, – you're going to go through things. You're going to deal, deal with guys that are – let me get away from the noise. Man. You're going you're gonna to deal with guys they, that – They're trying to come get you, ED. Dude, dude, they, they, are, they are trying to come they, get they, me. They, 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 <laughs> <laughs> save my boy. Help him. Help him, please. Help him. <laughs> but, but at least it, they're not sirens like normally. We have sirens coming for you. But, oh, but but I mean but yeah so you you find your so you're gonna they had moments where the only thing that could have possibly got got them out of it is themselves and I mean I said you you rely on you rely on your guys you find yourself in those situations and you have to fix it so so that's what that's what you go back to because if if it's a if it's a crucial moment in a game um, 
and a play has to be made. Let's let's go. Let's what? Let me tell you this. Who made the speech? Who made the speech that made Greenlaw make that tackle in Seattle? I, that I don't know, but I will say this: Bosa talked about Defoe and and how Defoe was. He made all the third down calls on the defensive line, and he also mm-hmm. was the guy that made the the pregame speeches, the kind of rally uh-huh. ra- rally There's the guys around that. him. There's yeah. So he mm-hmm. so those are two, especially the third down calls. I mean that that's that's huge, right? If if, nope. if the call didn't but, come in from the coach, it was up to Defoe, and Defoe, you know, he well, he, he well, let everybody you know, else know can, what was going I, on. It's it's really not that hard. So 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 now not to downgrade Defoe and his importance in the room. It's not that hard to make a front call because you know because you're going to line up. You're, you're going you're in the even front. You're in the odd front. You're going to run a stunt or you're not. It's not that hard. D linemen D linemen don't have a lot to do <laughs> other than beat up big men. That's that's why you don't give them a lot to think about because they got enough on their plate having to deal with a 330 50 pound guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't. It's, it's not a lot involved in that. And on top of this, let me tell you something about a pregame speech. There has yet to be one that, that's won a game. A pre, that, that we, I, we used to literally sit there and laugh when these guys would be doing all this rah-rah and all this stuff. I remember Merton and I used to look at each other. Here we go again. A lot of noise. <laughs> oh, a lot of noise. These guys, it doesn't do it doesn't do anything. There was no but, rah-rah. I mean, I, I, maybe you didn't need that, but I think there were some guys no, that needed that, though. No right? no one needs it. No one needs it. So why, does, it why, nothing... why do they do it every Sunday? Every because Not even Sunday. They, every Saturday, every Friday. You go to a football, any football game tradition, Tradition. It, 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 okay, so because if, if that really mattered, why does one team lose? Think about it. Because everybody comes out rah-rah, fired up, and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they're down by three scores maybe, in the first quarter. Maybe somebody's speech game was off that week. Yeah, no? Well, but, but because the speech, speeches, <laughs> like I said, it's a lot of noise. Speeches don't win games. Results win games. And the guys that you listen to are the guys that have shown you results. Why was Defoe the guy talking as opposed to – um, Solomon Thomas, because Defoe had shown more results. He had done things at a different level. Why is Sherman saying things to the secondary? It's not that Sherman is just older. It's the results. He, he has earned the right to say it. That's what it is. So there will always be other guys that have earned the right to say something. And, and that's, that's all it is. So, so do, do I think, and I'm just saying, I, I I know guys that would talk and would and act a certain way and and constantly do all these things and I know guys that were great rah rah guys and and and, and it's okay because the game is, it's football is an emotional sport for the fans for the coaches for the players it is it is it is energy emotion driven so that's why you have those speeches but all of that dude. After play three, that's gone <laughs> for both teams. I'm telling you, it's gone. You, you're, you're not you're not thinking about that speech. You're not into. You are locked in, focused on the moment. That's what I'm saying. If you didn't, if they literally said, "Come out of the stadium with no introduction. We're going to put the ball in the 25 yard line and start playing." Guys would be the exact same way. Yeah. If that became if that became the norm. So right. So why do you have those speeches? Is because it's it just it's become normal if that's just a part of it when they first started playing football they didn't do that it's just it's a part it's a part of it now and so that, that's all it is so so as as far as 
who can be the leaders, you don't even worry about that. They present themselves. They, they really do. No, no one goes in like this is it's my turn. Like I said, I, I didn't know who Tim McDonald was. I mean, I knew, uh, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I knew him as a player yeah. for the Cardinals, and I knew he was a good player. I didn't know who he was as a person. I didn't know his personality. I didn't know anything about Tim McDonald. I was playing with other guys. Tim McDonald comes to the team, and he, by his actions, by his deeds, by the way he presented himself, he became the heartbeat of our team he was the pulse he, he, that that's who it was steve was the leader tim was the pulse of the team because and and that it morphed into that he grew into that and it didn't take long it, 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 it that's one of those things and the rest of us were like okay he's that dude and and that's just how it is so those guys present they're going to present themselves so all of this who's going to be the leader because one guy left it, it, it it's a, I personally think that's an irrelevant thing. You, you're not, you know, people that that lack of leadership thing is always thrown out there when you're losing games. Yeah. No, no one, no one talks about lack of leadership when you're winning. No one's who the leaders are. They, you know who they always go to as the leaders, the guys who are performing. Because right now, why, why is Debo, Consider why did Debo name come up in who's going to be the leaders talk? Because he, he, he played a lot and he performed. Thank a lot you. Last, he performed. Last season. Yeah, there it is because you saw him perform. So there you go. Nick Bosa's name coming up. Why? Because you saw him perform. That, that's that's how it works. That, I mean, you, you, you know, Jimmy Ward, that's elite because we've seen him perform because he's earned the right. If he chooses to say something, he's earned the right to give that speech. John Taylor never said a word, ever, 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 ever. Not in practice, not, a, not on the sideline. Most of the time he was joking with you. You come off the field, he'd be like, ooh, he. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking about saying, you know, he'd be like, oh, oh, you got him. Like, oh, you got him confused on this. Oh, watch out. He, he's trying to, they're trying to get you. You know, he, he'd just be messing with you. You'd be on the field. He's on the sideline talking to you. That, that was JT. But now, had he earned the right, if he had chosen to stand up and give that rah-rah speech, would we have listened? Of course we would have, because that's JT, and he's a damn dude. So so that's what I'm saying. Those guys will decide, I want to talk. And if you have performed, I'm going to listen. If you haven't been performing, it's not going to it's not going to matter, really. And this is this is not to knock him. If 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 Spoon, if Witherspoon had made a speech week two, week three, because I think well, it was the week three when he got hurt, correct? Yeah, it was like three or it, four, I believe. Yeah. OK, so so let's just say let's just say let's just say it was four. So if it was week four after the way he started the season off week four, if he had called the DBs up and started, hey, I got something to say, they would have been right there. They would have been right there. They would have been listening. They would have been doing all these things. Week 12, it wouldn't have had the same juice. They respect him, so they're going to listen, but it's not going to have the same juice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of, because of the performance. And that, that has a lot to do with it. It really does. 
you because what what do I say all the time? The league is not about being good. It's about being consistent. Leadership is about it's about results. It's about consistency. If you are playing all the time at a high level, a consistent level, yeah, you're gonna have bad days, all the stuff. But if the group is accustomed to seeing you get it done, they're gonna listen to you. When you talk about the importance of getting it done and 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 your belief in what it is you're about to do and and the necessary and, and the necessity of of that moment and being in that moment and not letting it slip by. We, we, we didn't know who the leaders were on that team last year. They presented themselves. How can Quan be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and then become the heartbeat of uh, one of the top defenses in the league? He wasn't even there. Yeah, and that happened very quickly. So that's that's my that's my point. So that's what I'm saying. Don't don't even that that's one. Don't even worry about it. That that'll present itself. And because speeches don't win football games, plays do. Um, there's there this Niner team has, and this has been talked about quite a bit. Eighteen of twenty two starters coming back, or, or something along those lines. And um. A lot of people were saying how this could be an advantage for them, especially during these quarantine times. You know, you got the familiarity, this, that, and the other. But how could it be? How could it be a a, a disadvantage to the uh, Niners for for your for how many you said eighteen of twenty two, and that's supposed to be. People are saying people are saying that's it, supposed it's, to be a hindrance. It, people are saying it's a huge advantage for this team. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It is. So you're saying how can it be a hindrance? How, yeah, I, mean, well, I, 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 I want to flip that. How, how could how could how could it be a disadvantage? It's not because a lot of, a lot of people are saying that oh it's it's almost I don't say it, it's a done deal, but everybody is saying okay this team you know power rankings come out they got the Niners one or two or you know top power three rankings whatever, mean, and, nothing. I, means I, nothing. Exactly, I understand that, and so but people are saying all like it's. It's almost a given because they got all these guys coming back, and and it should just be seamlessly, you know, going from you know last season Super Bowl into next season, and 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 riding that thing, you know, potentially to to next February. Um, but well, oh well, that's not the case. That, that's not the case. So, um, so but as far as it being, it, it's only a hindrance to. I mean, that's to the fan base. That's to the Twitterverse. That's to the talking heads. Because everyone's saying because these guys come come back, it's a done deal. No, you have to play. You have to play. It's, it's, so take this all the way back to Bourne's comment. It doesn't matter. You, it doesn't matter what you say. You have to actually play the games. Um, and guys coming back, that's a good thing. Not having ha- having a good football team where you know that I have solid guys at these positions. That's what every GM tries to build. That's what every coach wants. Do you understand that coaches, a head football coach, Jerry Richardson, who owned the Panthers, and I, and I and he would talk to me a lot about the business. We've had these talks, you know, before in our podcast after we finish our podcast. Yeah. Where we've we and I told Jerry taught me the business of football, and and I learned so much about that side of it, the corporate side of it, from him. You know, and just seeing that. But one of the things he always said. And as far as hiring a head coach and everything, he always said this, that head coaches are paranoid by nature. And I started, I took that in when he said it to me 
and I started watching it throughout the rest of my career. And this is the thing about a head coach. A head coach has to worry about the what if. What You're constantly worried about the what if. The players, at some point, you get to play the game. The head coaches are always worried about what if this goes wrong? What if this goes correctly? Then how do I adjust to that? Well, what if they do that? So they're always thinking about that. So now back to the roster situation. What a coach wants is to know, I, I, I guess, okay, I got 22 guys that I have to worry about. Okay, I got to worry about this starting offense, this starting defense. I'm not gonna worry so much about it. Of course, of course, the the special teams matter, but I got this, this, you know, these guys that are gonna take, you know, the, you know, these 140 snaps. I got to think about these 22 guys. Okay, so Garoppolo, my quarterback. Okay, I'm not worried about that. Now it's down to 21. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Okay, now it's down to 20. Okay, my tight end, Kittle. Okay, now it's down to 19. You see what I'm saying? That's what you start doing. You start looking at this roster like. Okay, how 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 do I get 22 guys that I don't have to worry about? It's very rare that you're going to get 22. You think about last year's roster, they didn't have 22. It's very rare. So if you can start the year off knowing that I have 18, 19, 20 of these positions already filled, oh, come on. That's the game. That's there there is no bad to that. There's no bad to that. Because now all you're trying to do is how do we improve as opposed to how do we feel? So John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan took over a squad where it's like, how do we fill these 22 positions? You feel me? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. But in terms of because, I mean, you look you look at this thing. Right. And you, and you got everybody coming. You got you got almost everybody coming back. Right. And. And, and so there's that familiarity there and, and, and things can kind of be a little bit more free-flowing free and, and there's not as, as great of a learning curve because you got all of these guys coming back. Um, but I, I do see how there could be some pitfalls in that, just in a sense of, um, you know, certain expectations, right? And, and, and not just necessarily having those expectations, but... Uh, feeling like you know those those things can kind of just happen just because you know we got these many guys coming back you know maybe sort of taking that part of it for granted you, you, uh, you understand what i'm saying i understand what you're saying but did you did you not um you you forgot about the conversation we just had about um nick bosa and what the way he's studying and what he's doing and what i said these guys are under they, that's that would that would require a lack of understanding of what it means to be a pro i'm going back now to what i say i believe in the front office and that they're putting together guys that and i said what you know during the draft i'm gonna wait and see what they do because i believe that they're going to put together what they need and they will address the needs and they will let us know how they feel about certain rooms um that's that's also so for that to happen, you have to have the belief that these guys don't understand what it takes to be pros, because what you're saying is that these guys believe we can just show up and win. I don't think that's the case. So they're not going to look at the roster and say, because we are returning guys who played, we're good. No, well, you yeah, have, you I, have, I think about the Dan Marino story all the time. Dan Marino talks about this all the time in the sense that he made it to the Super Bowl his rookie year, I want to say, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. sort of took that for granted and saying, okay, well, I'll just get back next year. 
and he no, ne- well, he, no, he but, never but, got on. he never got back. Okay, but he, okay, he, he took it now. So, but that's a completely different thing. He took for granted that he was going to get back because you're right, you're a young player, and you assume that this can happen. And this team but is Dan, full of young players. But, but but listen, but listen, Dan. But now listen to me. Dan Marino never stopped working at his craft to the tune of a Hall of Fame career. He worked. He worked. He worked to it. He worked on his game to the tune of a Hall of Fame career because he spent every he spent every single waking moment being a pro trying to get better. So he did his part. Remember, football is an ultimate sport. It's an ultimate team sport where you need everybody else to do do their things. You need to live up to that level. Dan Marino had a lot of bad defenses. <laughs> he, he, he did. He did. And that cost him. And that, and that cost him. So they did. They didn't put together the squad that could get him there. So that so that's the thing that that, that had nothing to do with a team. And, and so his, his belief that I was going to get there also fell in. I'm going to do everything that I can. And the other pieces are going to be around me. So you, now this is a squad where the pieces are around. There is nothing wrong with having the pieces because you can't win without the pieces. If you don't have damn dudes, you're not going to win. Yeah. I don't care how I don't care how much you want to win. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they're the same dudes they were when they were hired. They're the same guys, same philosophy, trying to do something. But the guys weren't in the locker room, and that's what I'm saying. It's a better if, if 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 you have a better locker room, you're you're going to win more games. If if, if dude, it's really 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 simple. If my guys are bigger, stronger, faster than yours, I got a shot. Bigger, stronger, faster, beats slow, weak, and small. The Niners have put a premium on size. They put a premium on speed. They put a premium on nasty. That wins. No matter what the rules are, no matter what changes they make, football is not for the meek. It is not for the meek. It is not for the timid. It is not for the kind. The game is not played by dudes who are wired that way. Not between the lines. So if you have more of those guys, it's not a bad thing. So so that's what I'm saying. I I I, I know where you're heading. Like can there, can you be lulled into a false sense of security? That I don't see that happening. I, I really don't see that happening because you have guys in place. If anything, I I did this. I played with the same group of guys. I I, I played with Tim Merton and and T Mac, Dana Hall. In the secondary, I mean, we played together five years, four or five years together, side by side. We never once, we never once walked in saying, "Well, it's going to be the way it was last year because we played together." Like, you know, it's going to be the, last year is going to be this year is going to be like last year because we were together last year. It, you don't do that. You, you come in working. You, you come in ready to work, ready to grind, ready to get who, whoever you have to get. And, and that's what I believe this club is going to do. They're young. I think you still you're going to need some coaching because they are young. And, and don't be shocked if Kyle is a little tougher. And the coaching staff is a little tougher right now on guys. I think they have to because, be, right? Because, well, well, because they want to make certain that they get it. And then they'll turn it off and they'll leave them alone. Because the first thing you want to do, make, make certain that they get it, make certain that they understand, make certain that they they now uh, that they are now ready to put in the work at the level and beyond where you were. Because it, last year, last year, 
for that locker room, that's your floor. That's not your ceiling. That now becomes your floor. Um, Guy McIntyre, I mentioned him earlier. Edie used to always say, don't be, don't be afraid to be great. He used to say it all the time at practice, on the sideline, in the locker room. Don't be afraid to be great. And there are guys that are afraid to be great, and I'll explain to you why. Because the way it was around there with the Niners, when I was there, and I'm hoping that this is what's establishing there now, and I believe it is establishing that way now, once again, that standard. Once you do something great, that becomes your norm. So now no one's going to pat you on the back for doing what they expect you to do. But you don't get to back down from that like that was by mistake. No, that's who you are. That's who we expect you to be. That's the new standard for you. So you're going to come out, and that's how we expect you to work. That's how we expect you to play. We expect you to be able to get this job done. If I'm going to put you out there, and you, you, you know, if I'm going to put you out there, I, I, I need to, you need to have me comfortable. You need, you need to have me comfortable where I can do my job. First game, first game of the 19, not, what, when was that? We won the Super Bowl 94, so that next season. So we're first game of the season. We're, I will never forget, and I told you, it's my favorite play. It's my favorite play where I, where I broke up the pass to win the game in New Orleans. But we're sitting there in the huddle, and it's it's third. It was the third down or fourth down, but I know it, it was it was just it was a four point game, and this this is the series. They they score, they win. They don't, we win. Game's on the line, and I, and and I hear I I hear this eagle under uh, double dog Texas special. Yeah, uh, you know Fred. So I I know what's I I know what's about to happen. So I'm turning around. And I'm looking at this, and and it's one thing. See, and this is what you have to have guys comfortable that they can do their job to where a coach doesn't care anything about your feelings. Because when a coach coach calls an all out blitz and you turn around and you see a sea of green, <laughs> I mean you you are you could potentially be chasing somebody a long time. Yeah. You can you can because because remember every man's highlight is another man's lowlights. Yeah. And you could potentially you could potentially have yourself in some trouble on on the um on you know the top 10 or the bottom 10. So, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's like you have to be in position to where you know that guys can do their jobs and call that play. They can be comfortable where you have that understanding that I have to work, I have to do this because like I say this is week 1, games on the line. We're not going to be conservative. Guess what, E? I know you can make this play. That's one of the fastest men on planet Earth. But guess what? Go get it. Go get it. And that's so that's so that's what the coaching staff is going to come in. They're going to get on them and let them know. To, number one, I got to make certain that you can get there, um, and you understand that that's the standard. And once I see you there, I'm going to back off because I'm going to know that you know that I see that you get it. And, and that was one of those things because now it makes it frees up. I'm telling you, it frees up everyone. So so that's the thing. When you, you make that great, you do great. Now, that's the expectation. That's your floor. You're, you, are, you are expected to be able to thrive in the difficult situations and find a way to be successful. So that's what I'm saying. This locker room, they I believe they see last year is the floor. 
that's that's not their ceiling. It's the floor. That's that's how you play every year. It does not guarantee you a championship. It it's hard to win a championship. So many things have to fall into place. But you have to play at that level. Minimum. They see that. And I, that's the thing that I feel good about. I don't think they're going to fall into a false sense of security. You have to play at that level minimum to give yourself a chance. That's the floor to give yourself a chance. They gave themselves a chance last year. So, no, I don't I don't think I'm not worried about this group all of a sudden getting caught up in the last season. You heard me say yeah. it before. I'll say it again. It has nothing to do with this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, this will probably come up again at some point, if not this off season, at some point uh, during the season, um, d- depending on whatever highs or lows that there are as it relates to this team. But it, it's it's definitely interesting because the, the like you said, the pieces are there, right? But it, it's also a very very hard thing to do in terms of winning a Super Bowl, but not just winning a Super Bowl, even getting to a Super Bowl like they did uh, a season ago. So. We'll see. Uh, this is about a good uh, good 90 minutes uh, for oh, wow. your, your quarantine uh, life. Uh, so oh, ho- yeah, we ho- have to do that. Yeah, ho- hopefully uh, hopefully we, we dotted some I's and crossed some T's and, and gave uh, you, you some laughs and some information. Educate and entertain. That's what we're here to do. Um, next week, uh, we'll be back. There'll be plenty more to discuss uh, on this one. Um, no drafts, as, as we discussed last week. But maybe Never play may, maybe players that were drafted. May we get into them a little bit more? Oh yeah, we yeah. we can talk about them or position battles. Position and, battles, absolutely. Because because even though we talked about these guys coming back, um, that doesn't necessarily secure your spot because they're always looking to upgrade. Because remember, that's the floor. Yeah, that's the floor, not the ceiling. You haven't reached the ceiling yet. And, and all of a sudden, that wide receiver room got a little bit crowded. I was reading something earlier today that talked about that wide receiver room, and they didn't even mention Kendrick Bourne. The blatant disrespect. Anyways, uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> um, but, but plenty, yeah. plenty to discuss. It, it's a, uh, a a very interesting off season, nonetheless. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm about to go do uh, half birthday things uh, with the fam and and, and my mom and. Uh, Continue okay, this, this this quarantine life, Ed, and uh, yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully you do the same. Thank all of you guys once again out there for listening. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at rhaylock at underscore Eric Davis underscore and on Instagram at Watch Ray Ray and at underscore Bump and Run. This has been the Believe in Forty ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag for Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. We will see y'all next week. Be well. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.